0: Hey friends, Jake here. A quick announcement before we start the show, bonus episodes of To Boldly Watch are available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. Our first bonus episode, The Story Bible, features Becca, Xander, and myself diving into the Writer's Director's Guide for Star Trek The Next Generation. You can check that out along with other bonus content including unedited video of our recording sessions and more. Visit patreon.com slash goodtimesociety for more info. Supporting Good Time Society through Patreon helps us make more quality content for your ear holes and your eyeballs. Alright, on the show star trek the nerdy frontier these are the discussions of the good time society their continuing mission to explore each episode to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations to boldly watch what they've already watched before The
1: episode.
0: <laughs> uh, what I was thinking, Becca, is that I could start talking to Xander about the episode and then you should immediately interrupt me and try and take control of the episode hosting.
1: Oh, wait, you mean do what I do every?
0: day? I'll chi- let Chief Engineer Logan more, less Becca. Uh,
2: okay, got it. In this scenario, are you Jordy or am I Jordy?
0: I'm Jordy. Okay. You, Xander, are still Xander. Okay. No,
1: Lieutenant is. Sue. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I
2: Lieutenant Sue. Ensign- yeah. She's Enten- Lieutenant Sue. Enten
1: Enten Sue. Enten Sue. Enten Sue. She's a freshman.
2: This is an
0: analogy, not a role-playing situation, just so you know. I will not be role-playing Jordy right
1: now. You gotta role-play Jordy. You gotta. See,
0: you're, so you're like, already taking control of this episode. You're doing exactly what i asked Just go. For. You asked for We're it. We're doing it, you've done it. You've, you've, you've successfully. Listen to me,
1: Jake. I am in charge here, because it was your idea to do this podcast, so I'm in charge, chain Listen, of command.
2: Jake, 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 you're doing a fantastic job. Everybody's looking to you for leadership. You are fantastic. You are perfect. Deanna? Yeah, you got this. Get out
1: of my way! No. I'm you got in this. charge. You got this, bud. Why? I don't know.
0: <laughs> Becca, you can take charge of the last half of the episode. Otherwise <laughs> known as the
2: saucer section of
0: the episode. <laughs> I the saucer Where no section. one's listening anymore. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that doesn't even get to fire any lasers. Are they oh lasers? boy. And Speaking of lasers,
0: them. it's the Arsenal of Freedom, episode 20 of season one, where Jordy leads the Enterprise into battle while Captain Picard and the away team are trapped on the planet Minos, taking fire from a dangerous automated weapon system.
2: Bum mm-hmm. bum bum. Wow. <laughs>
1: I Free liked verb this episode.
0: Yeah, no, you I heard the verb, it was great. You told this me to start. take
1: control of the episode and so I'm gonna carry that through. Oh, no.
0: So I'm gonna talk through the whole thing. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> yeah, this
2: this was good trek. I think this was uh what we want to see, you know. Uh it's it's there there was complexity, but also we saw the underdog characters sort of take control and, and live up to the standards of Starfleet. Um, and we also got to see these little vignettes. They, they're. I think they're still experimenting with the format of the show. And now they're, they've got the A plot, B plot, but also let's try some pairings and see if that makes something interesting as well.
1: Like maybe sexy time in a hole in the ground. Hey, with a
2: broken leg. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it's a fetish. Um. So. <laughs> I like that they combined a lot of tropes we've seen before from other media or uh, some Mm -hmm. that we will see in the future, but they have uh, another time where there is this planet that's all about making weapons and selling them to both sides. We. Found that in the Benjamin Button episode, obviously mm-hmm. we all know that's the name of the episode, I assume. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's this thing of uh, we meet we meet these drones that can create holograms, which is crazy because they do that in Spider-Man: Far From Home, the best uh, uh, of the Spider- Spider-Man movies. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun stuff. A lot of fun. Making stuff Making all this the episode. connections. That's all yeah. I do. I'm like a web of drones in the sky. That's me. <laughs>
2: Yeah, this, this harkens back to sort of like the archaeological find of like a cursed tomb or something like that where it's dangerous. There's this uh, hologram that's a salesperson that's trying, because that's what the whole thing was. They were trying to sell these weapons mm-hmm. and they sort of have like taken control. So it's like discovering this abandoned civilization or um, this treasure trove of potentially dangerous items. Uh, that has become sentient and defending itself.
1: I don't want to be rude to the actor who plays the salesman, but I think he definitely started this home business that really blew up because otherwise you wouldn't ask this man to be the spokesmodel for your brand. Why not?
2: Vincent (laughs) She wasn't particularly charismatic to me. (laughs) That mullet, though.
1: Mm, That changed things. (laughs)
0: <laughs> He's a pretty famous character actor from the 80s. He's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, fast Times at Ridgemont High. He's one of the teachers, isn't he? And One so. Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is the big one I remember him from. Anyway, you're right. He probably isn't the face of your sales operation. Right. But
1: he, he had some charm to him. Must have been a mom <laughs> thing. That's all I'm saying. I like <laughs> his
0: line, the early bird who hesitates gets wormed.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, that yeah. That was a great line. Uh, uh, also, peace through superior firepower. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy really spent some time brainstorming. So let's
0: <laughs> let's break it down. So the, yeah. uh, the Enterprise is going after the Drake, which is a ship that disappeared in the system a while ago. They're trying to figure out what happened to it. They find Minos. And mm-hmm. despite being told multiple times that there is no life on here, they are actually being hailed. Right. And it's an automated system uh, that they find out all the weapons stuff. And so they beam down with a small away team. Riker. What? oh my god did go you hear about up?
1: Riker <laughs> he was asked to be captain on the Drake and he passed it up
2: <laughs> and, and then he's like I thought it would be more beneficial to spend some time on the Enterprise and don't tell me that wasn't a, a come hither look at Picard he
1: did he totally was like anyway, now I'm <laughs> glad to me. know
2: you Jean-Luc here's the thing See Riker's pansexual pen- yeah. I'm fully convinced Riker just likes everything
0: See, I thought it was more of a come-hither-here for, like, his experience on his resume. He's like, yeah, get over here, line item, that I can add
2: Tour you know on what? Enterprise. Both. <laughs> <Yeah. no. laughs>
1: he is aroused uh, what... by a line item. That's how pansexual he is. <laughs>
2: yeah! <laughs> um, uh, One thing I did like, specifically with that, with the away team pairing, is Riker listening to Yar, who is the head of security. And so many times... Um, Picard has said, like, record lead an away team. And he just is like, bam, bam, bam. But this time Yar has something to say, and he, he listens to her, which I thought was a great moment to include.
0: She's constantly in charge in this episode in terms of, like, directing tactics and stuff, yes, even when she doesn't have answers. I'm, sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm going to
1: risk some uh, hate in the comments. Um, mm mm-hmm. Yar doesn't do anything special for me. I'm often like, I don't know what this character or these lines or this performance is contributing to this episode.
2: Mm. So
1: at least at least she'll be a lo- around for a long time, so we'll get to find out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> I actually, no, I kind of get it, Becca, because I think she, her, her, as far as, like, fulfilling her character requirements in some episodes, I feel like she's a box that gets checked. Yeah. If that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And
1: I, I hate to hate on one of the, one of the main female actors because there, there's a good number of prominent female characters, but not not parody. Uh, well, it's not Denise
0: so. Crosby's fault. It's it's right. part of I the writing, too, of,
1: like... I think it is. I think she's bad. Oh, okay. I think she's really bad, and I'm saying it. I can't... I don't like I well, don't like it. I do like yeah. not Go ahead. There were
2: some rumors that it wasn't the best environment on set and that uh, specifically Denise Crosby didn't have the best experience so maybe wasn't putting all of herself into the role to on one extent but on another extent yeah uh i can i see what you're saying but at this point in time in american media it was also the beginnings of that strong female character trope but I feel like Tasha Yar was a big instigator for that. Of like, oh, we're we're tired of the helpless female character, and not only do we have the intelligent female characters, but now we've got this strong female character. It would have been nice if she had been like an alien race, maybe to get some or or some other sort of um, character point. But at this moment in history, her being a woman and in charge of security is the character point, unfortunately. Then I have to bring
1: up another point, was this idea that you can't be strong and feminine at the same time, which is something that not that I'm a big fan of Hillary Clinton, but like having to be in the boys' club in order to be accepted for so long, and like mm-hmm. having to pretend you're a man to be a woman in certain environments. Um, Crusher doesn't have to do that, and Deanna Troy doesn't have to do that. They're allowed to be more feminine because of their specific roles on the ship are more mm-hmm. caretakery. Uh, mm-hmm. I just thought it was interesting. It, it's interesting to think about and talk about, but um, that also probably has something to do with. Me thinking that maybe, uh, maybe there's a little more fun way to play a strong female. Not her yeah. fault.
0: I kind of sympathize with Denise Crosby because she is supposed to play the strong female trope, right? But mm-hmm. she's only given a pretty limited amount of opportunities to do so. And so it feels like every few lines she gets in an episode, she has to say it with, like, some force or, like, she forces the, um, the strength in her voice a little Mm -hmm. bit so it feels artificial right because that's like the only character development she gets in a lot of these episodes it's like okay she has to say this with some uh aggression in it otherwise why am i what's my character
1: right Right? or uh, the one time like she doesn't really get to show personality it's it's just one note of i am strong and tough and serious there's no joviality which like think of the strength of a klingon uh guy that we met last episode that's like I can I can make a lot of jokes and also be ruthless and tough and uh, you know she's kind of I'd be boxed interested in. to see if
0: you feel that way about some some ways they treat Wharf in the early seasons like cuz he kind of takes over the role a little bit of the security officer who's hard-headed a little bit so it'll be interesting to see if you think that pattern continues.
1: Yeah, well, then there's the thing of too serious that it's a joke which works. But when you're in between and you're not so serious that people make fun mm-hmm. of how serious you are, then you're just bored. <laughs> you know yeah. and that's the <laughs> yeah. character writing right anyway rant on you yeah though. over yeah, yeah no
2: I agree I agree with what you're
0: saying yeah I though. hear that um back to the episode though Riker's down uh on the planet and they do some splitting up after finding some weapons and he meets up with captain what was his name rice
1: bryce bryce oh. no
0: rice bryce,
1: bryce with a b is what I no. think he's named
0: rice with an r Regardless, he, regardless, Riker falls for His it. name
1: was Paul.
0: His name was Paul. <laughs> regardless, Riker falls for it hook, line, and sinker. Like, Doesn't despite being question. told multiple times that there's no life forms here, he's like, what What are you Me doing he, here? He
2: really hey. takes that stance of, like, the one leg up of, like, oh, hey okay, <laughs> bud. I'm casual
1: now. My leg is up.
2: Yeah, How many of us are there? There's four here. We're having a good time. We're just
0: hanging out. You want to know the compliments of our ship? <laughs> and, and what then... are your
1: life signs? Oh, life signs are good. Feeling great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Ricker, uh there's no one down there. Record's like.
1: <sighs> so why they know to ask? Were they listening in? Awkward. <laughs> they were. The
0: channel was open. Yeah. They made a point of like, keep the channel open.
1: Ah, that makes sense. I thought they just mm-hmm. jumped in to say, hey, low level energy readings." So. <laughs> <laughs> but this is when we meet. In Sue.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: She's the one that yeah. gets to say, yeah, you're not talking to a person there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Ten, yeah,
2: I think this we got to explore some of the lower rank uh, characters and just explore that concept of while the higher rank characters are down on the planet, who's taking over their positions? Uh, and it might be a rotating cast of people, but I think in this one, they really highlighted the sort of below decks characters, which was really nice.
1: Oh, are you talking about Logan?
0: Chief Engineer Logan, and our third chief engineer, chief engineer, engineer this season. By That's the way. right.
2: We keep going so through the chiefs.
1: Like, God, yeah. what is this? Trump's administration.
2: Well, so in this, <laughs> in this one, you can Low-hanging be a chief uh, of something and and be. Um, it's a different sort of uh, enli- than an enlisted officer. So you can be uh, part of a department without necessarily being a part of like the system military type. Uh, Wait, you can. Fleet.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought to be in Starfleet, you're in Starfleet. No, you can't be. There's like,
0: like enlisted and officers, right? A yeah. Freelancer.
1: No, you
2: can. They, they'll pull <laughs> like scientists and uh, engineers and Kaczynski like Kaczynski
0: was like a freelancer, wasn't he? Yep. Uh, that, that guy who did the crazy transwarp thing they did.
2: Right, right. And not all of them are
1: on Starship. the ships. traveler. Right. So, yeah, there's
2: just a bunch of different ways. And there are families and stuff that are on the ships as well.
0: Man, Logan is just – he's a guy it's so easy to hate. They cast him well. They wrote him well. Like, every time this character – and there's a bunch of them – is in an episode of a TV show you like where you're like, oh I just want to – Ah, I can't do anything from behind the screen. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, but I wrote him well. Yes, but there, it, there is this point where he comes up to to uh, where Jordy has taken charge because he's the next in command that's on the bridge, and then Logan is like, I should be in charge, and this is why we originally hate him. But then later, it seems like he wanted to do that so that he could run away, and then later he's like but why are that we leaving you can't be mad at both options yeah, dude that's true
0: he kind of just wanted to be pissed with whatever Jordy did I think yep. it was a naked power grab we know grab. people like that
1: though
2: <laughs> we do <laughs> but we would never have found that out had Jordy not pushed back mm-hmm. had he just relented at first and said okay we would never have found out that it was just bullshit
1: well, it was bullshit that he would come up to the bridge and say, hey, you know that whole chain of command thing? Yeah. Uh-uh. No, I'm in charge. What a bully move. There well, is a
0: whole lot of like chain of command and insubordination issues in the first season of this episode. Yeah. Like, everybody's like pulling rank in different weird ways, right?
2: Cause I think it's because the writers didn't quite have a full grasp on where that falls in. Like, how much yeah. do people care about rank? And is yeah. that a plot point? Or do people just say, oh, lieutenant, because it sounds good.
0: Ah, interesting. But we're I think bananas. they clarify we that later. Care. Yeah. So Riker uh, gets stasist, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, the, the, it turns out that Rice is a hologram, which we all saw coming, uh, <laughs> except for Riker. <laughs> oh,
1: why were you standing ominously behind that bush? Why didn't you see our hailing frequency? What's What's up, man?
0: But just, Riker eventually you're just going to linger there. <laughs> but eventually, when Riker figures it out, he tries to. They don't even really bluff him. They just kind of talk into the point to where Riker's like. I know you're not, Paul.
1: (laughs) I love that he gets them with like, hey, how many people are on your, uh, where are you going? Four. Six. Yeah, four. Gotcha, (laughs) stupid robot.
2: Your weakness is numbers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Same. I want to talk more about Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> oh? <laughs> because uh, they totally use the technology that was created here in this episode. And I'm curious whether it was a direct, like, we were inspired by this episode thing. Because it is, like, uh, about a world where holograms coming from drones trick people. Maybe. Uh, cool concept. Yeah. Super cool concept. <laughs> the, the kernel of something amazing there.
2: Well, the thing is this this series specifically was so instrumental to a lot of the media that we're seeing now because so many of the creators grew up with this and it's instilled in what they think of as sci-fi so or even when they were older when they watched it it will still influence their work i think it's such a far-reaching thing and that's why star trek is so massive
1: truth
0: yeah so the weapon systems get progressively more um advanced as the starfleet crew disables them down on the planet but the ship is also under attack as well so mm-hmm. things escalate uh, both down below and up above including picard and crusher getting trapped
1: it's because their patterns are really really hard to recognize <laughs> for example every 12 minutes right <laughs> oh, the patterns
2: we just can't decipher it <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, you really need an Android or somebody with a super sweet visor to really point out those things. (laughs) I can't find this pattern. I can't (laughs) find it. There. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I should have seen that. Got it. Got it. Got it.
0: That was a weird moment. Make
1: an ensign Sue look bad on her no. first day on the bridge. But I th-
0: was that. So was that an attempt to show that Jordy's like a good teacher of like it's okay you're doing well because he says something like that to her. A good
1: teacher would explain how they got there.
2: You don't have time, <laughs> Becca. You have to get onto the plot.
1: No, a good leader. That's different.
2: Yeah. I I have to to give props to LeVar Burton on this episode though because Jordy's arc was expertly done the whole way through. It was yeah. just such a joy to watch. It really was.
0: I had a physical reaction when, I think it's like the third act break or the second where he, uh-huh. he calls Logan up to the bridge, because mm-hmm. his voice kind of falters a yeah. little bit. and you can see the like, sweat and the... I, like, yeah. I literally said, Jordy, no! Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're
2: worried for him. Yeah.
1: Oh, I had a visceral reaction when Jordy did the... the Captain's log. Uh-huh. I love his voice, and he did a little dad joke. He said, "Logan's coming to the bridge, not for a courtesy call." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Super cute.
0: And then he pulls the old switcheroo with, "Like you can take command of
1: the saucer section, bitch." <laughs> saucer? What? With Everybody the civilians, knows lane. yeah, it
0: could go into could go into Starbase. Roll that five
2: or whatever footage that we only have a few times.
1: <laughs> Which was, but this was brilliant. This was for yeah. him to separate. Good we use. forgot yeah. that was a thing. We haven't done it since episode one, one and a half. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and totally was the move. You've got all these. You're trying to figure out whether you stay uh, to help and fight or go to safety. That's the whole reason they made it split in two. Yeah.
0: And one of the few um, times they use this answer to a, to a problem because we only saw it once in the pilot, and I don't think mm-hmm. we see it again for several
2: seasons. So. Right.
1: Now, there's a weird scene here where Jordi and Troy are together, mm-hmm. and I think it's weird because Deanna Troy is so um, – she does that thing where she's, like, reading someone's emotion yeah. and, where she doesn't seem really like she's expressing her own emotion yes. at all in a way that I was like, is he hallucinating her right now? <laughs> oh. She's just, like, saying what he wants to hear, giving him a pep talk. <laughs> You are very calm and wise. Everyone else is worried. You must make them feel better.
2: <laughs> I love this scene. Me too. Uh, and I, I, when I was growing up, I think I mentioned this before. I did not like Deanna Troy, uh, specifically because I was bored by stuff like this. I was like, oh, they're gonna save it with the power of friendship or whatever, whatever. <laughs> but now I'm like, yeah, yes it <laughs> is. <laughs> and so uh, one thing that you brought up, Becca, that I really loved about this, th- this scene is that Jordy launches into what he thinks Deanna is there to like reprimand him about or to give him advice about. And that's not what she's there for. But she patiently listens to him because as a Betazoid, she can sense not only this anxiety, but she, as a counselor, she has the training to know, like, OK, I need to hear this person out to get all of their emotions because they can't do this in front of the crew, not at this moment. So she knows being the counselor for a captain and what that encounters or entails, and it's expertly played in this scene.
1: She's got a tough job.
2: So tough.
0: For sure. And I think that's one of the best lessons I've heard in, in like these episodes so mm-hmm. far was about like if you have confidence in them, they're gonna exude confidence, which is just so like true. you.
2: Yeah, just like you. He finally is starting to understand you, Jordy. He yeah. saw the visor thing. <laughs> and it oh was-
1: yeah, that was a well-delivered <laughs> line. That was the cheesiest line ever. Yeah, when he from says, the previous episode. "Just like the captain did for me." Yeah. <laughs> nah, I don't. I don't know about the writing. He did deliver. He delivered. Yeah, but it wasn't easy. Well, it right, was
0: contrasted right. by Logan, who didn't have confidence in anybody. So, like, there was a nice dichotomy there.
1: Yeah. Ooh, good word. Can we talk about Crusher and Picard yes. in a cave on a planet, which apparently they didn't see scans of the caves with machines down in them uh, when they did the preliminary scan of this? It's a planet. hole. It was it's oh, like a pit. It's
0: a pitfall. Yeah,
1: it's a special hole with machines in it.
0: Well, to your point, Becca, Sue like told Riker that there was an energy reading like thirty feet away from him. So yeah, they should have been able to detect those details. That's a good yeah. point. Right? Yeah.
1: Don't fall in that giant hole. They yeah. they
0: they clearly were trying to do more with the scenes the scenes between these two and, like, develop it, but they just kind of chickened out or didn't pull the trigger. I'm not sure what the actual outcome was of the production side of it, but, like, I wanted this scene to have more of a revelation than it did.
1: Oh, we didn't talk about why the captain thought it was okay yeah. and cool for him to leave the ship in the first place. Yeah. Bad move, captain.
0: Yeah, that was just a plot device, right? Let's just, yeah. like, get him down there.
1: Yeah, That's and what I feel like. At least Deanna brought it up. Like, hey, yeah. strong objection to this. Noted. He's good. like, noted. <laughs> I am bored. I've been in quarantine. Haven't left <laughs> this ship in forever. I've gotta get out. Sorry. Even if it's just Costco.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, can't, I can't have all my stories be on the holodeck, Troy. Let me go. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> That's uh,
0: true.
1: Yeah, this is,
2: like I had mentioned before, them trying to separate, I think, into different groups. And this is where they had an A, B, and C plot in that we had the, the too many scenes to sort of check in on that couldn't pay off because there were too many of them.
1: I'm happy with the C. I'll take it any day. I'd take an unfinished story that gives us more to work with later and more to care about for the characters than resolution of an just an A plot. That is
2: the, the key because they're shifting from a monster of the week you could see this on any day to oh people want this overarching plot of they want these episodes to sort of flow through and I think that's the shift in the mindset from the daily viewing. It gives them an opportunity to explore so much more Star Trek stuff, too. Like, we
0: have a space story, we have, like, an alien encounter story, and then we have this uh, romance-slash-survival story, all in one episode, whereas in the previous episode, Heart of Glory, we had one cultural uh, slash hostage situation episode. Like,
2: it's crazy. I think it's so interesting that they're both the same show, and we both Mm accept it that, like, no matter what, they're telling these stories, Mm -hmm. and so they're experimenting, and, and they find it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. They do. Yeah.
1: Now she obviously Crusher gets very hurt, following in this hole. Uh, as she, very, very hurt. She, uh, Picard must have landed directly on top of her or something. <laughs> he tries to pull her back as she's falling and just falls in with her. Wait, way to try and save there, but um, yeah, didn't make it. And then uh, he's doing first aid. He makes a what a, uh, what do you a tourniquet, tourniquet. Kinda like a, a splint like a sling oh, a splint yeah. out of ripping her jacket I guess when you're wearing a tight onesie that's the only option well that's the
0: thing is like she had like an extra <laughs> jacket so he's fight. like I'm yeah, gonna yeah. take your stuff no I do mind
1: but it's like you got an extra layer right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> even though you're freezing to death of shock um, <laughs> right and she, she doesn't give him any advice on the first date he kind of like just figures it out I thought that was uh, a missed opportunity for her to jump in and be like you're doing it wrong I'm the doctor well I I think
0: that's what the herbalism stuff was about right was to show her a little bit a backstory and b specialty because maybe he has standard starfleet like training they want to show that he's capable in those survival situations to an extent yeah and he
1: never had asked before about her history growing up on alveda 3 growing up on a colony where her grandmother had to improvise
2: there it is yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah and i think that uh for this, we, they wanted to show just the difference that um, if if a Starfleet medical professional was without their equipment on planet, most of the time they're gonna be useless. But Dr. Crusher has this sort of base of knowledge that makes her useful to a go on away missions and B be qualified for this position. they she talked a little bit too about how she was she had been in shock from the fall and that's why she wasn't Quite, you know, she also was suffering from a concussion, which is why she couldn't fall asleep. So the medical advice was sort of sparing, but she was trying to get her bearings. I think. Also, great acting from Gateson. Yeah. And oh
1: gosh, I uh, I almost got teary one time looking at her. Yeah. She was shaking so hard. I was like, Oh my god, she's in real pain. Nah, that's just Gateson.
2: Real, real great. She's <laughs> Gateson. Just Gateson. Being stranded
0: on a planet without your equipment and without communication and an ability to transport off must be scary for a 23rd century explorer because I imagine how cushy their life has gotten with, like, everything that could save them in a situation is there. And now just simply falling in a hole without a telephone is, like – Uh, they probably just assume they're gonna die, right?
2: (laughs) But not only that, it doubles down on why she would be so injured, because if you've lived your whole life on a starship, you've had every need catered for, there's no reason, I mean, maybe the holodeck. The gravity's
0: even a little lighter, I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Their bones are softer.
1: (laughs) I mean, why wouldn't you? makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so we find out about the Echo Popper 607, which sounds (laughs) like quite the instrument.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Echo Papa? Echo Papa.
1: I, don't know, I wrote Popper. I don't know. Poppa? Yeah, pa- Well,
0: pa- Papa is equally weird. And yeah, like <laughs> right. nothing makes more sense than the other.
2: The Echo Popper 607 is at the gay clubs
1: on <laughs> <And laughs> Friday <it's- laughs> Oh, I see.
0: And it's a weapon system that destroyed its creators, presumably, is what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. You poor fools. Your own
1: creation destroyed you.
2: I mean, that was a jump to that conclusion, but that's a logical conclusion yeah. to make.
1: <laughs> I-, I thought we were going to get a whole civilization out of stasis. Like, like Riker had been right. in the ah, end
2: there yeah, was potential for that gone.
1: no they're gone they never followed up on that
0: did they there wasn't a purpose for stasis that we're aware of
1: oh yeah and the whole crew of the USS Drake uh, poor Bryce or Paul or whatever his name is Paul Bryce he's, he's, Br- he's not Paul coming back Paul <laughs>
0: <laughs> no yeah he's not no I think th- from what I read of the production side of this, this actually this episode was delayed in production because the script wasn't finished. It's one of the few uh. ones where they actually they had to take days off from when they were planning to shoot to do rewrites, which now in what we've been talking about, it's like, oh, it kind of makes sense. I bet a lot of these things came up as a last-minute thing, like they bailed on the stasis idea or whatever that was supposed yep. to be. I bet the saucer separation might have also been a last-minute change to fix Jordy's
2: weird plot line. And, and also and... would explain why that flip-flop happens in his argument on why they need to leave yes. no steps. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. But somebody
1: felt really smart when they were like, <gasps> I yeah.
2: Got it. <laughs> yeah It's a callback Separate. to the first episode. Remember, we could do that. We totally
0: forgot. <laughs> yeah. that
1: we, we already
2: could do have this. the footage rendered. Yeah,
1: yeah. And they also, totally. I think,
0: had more plans for the um, Crusher and Picard scene and actually developing a romance a little bit. Yeah. And it, I, originally, it was supposed to be Picard who was gravely injured, but someone suggested that they switch it so as to have the Doctor not be the person taking care of
2: somebody.
1: The flip on the head, a doctor becomes the patient.
2: Which I appreciated, and I really liked that switch, and I think it did make it more interesting. Yeah, Yeah,
1: totally. I mean, normally I'd say, you know, let's not not make her a damsel in distress. Right. But it it works because we know what a badass crusher is. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I think we also witnessed the moment when Data won over a lot of kids, in my experience, when he leapt down
2: into that (gasps) hole. That felt like the most heroic moment.
1: Twelve point seven five meters.
2: <laughs> yeah, and like we've established that data is like made out of various metals and things like that, is very strong and very heavy. And he lands so close right? to crusher. And i like, you could have He almost anywhere. crushed her. He did. But I was like, I uh, guess he uh, could pinpoint it if anything. But... I just
0: I just love his little line too, is like data. At your service. At your service. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I write so impressed with himself, uh, but trying to hide it because, you know, he's a he's an android. Can't show it. But
0: him. Picard makes the choice eventually that I figured – I'm kind of surprised he didn't do it earlier, but I guess we had to get through the episode, which is make the
2: purchase. Tell him you'll yeah. buy yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, Crusher was the one that's like – Oh, she's that's true. That's she did bleeding it. bleeding yeah. out, and she's like, just – Turn
1: it off. Yeah. <laughs> can- it's a machine. You can turn it off. <laughs> yeah. What's its end game?
0: She's so weak, she can barely rem- remember how to like staunch her wounds. But then she's like,
1: just purchase everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does she know? I think she just says to it's a machine. You can turn it off. And then oh, yeah. uh, get to And then Picard yeah. figures it out. He goes to him and he says, I'm buying it all because mm-hmm. you can never underestimate the desperation of a relentless salesman. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah. It's a good answer to the puzzle. I thought it was a, yeah. a fun solution. Yeah, me and too. And talk
1: about fun solutions. Can I say what Jordy does? Mm-hmm. He's so smart. Okay, he says he's got a long shot plan and we don't know what it is yet. And then when he's in his, his battle side of the information. Enterprise, not the saucer. The the battle bridge.
2: bridge. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna call it the legs. And, <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's, and I've now, never heard it called that. But we're totally calling legs. it the legs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then he has them dive <laughs> down into the atmosphere. They're at like 3,000 degrees on the outside of the ship and you can see the fire all around the ship which does the same thing to the drone so as soon as it comes in, it's no longer cloaked because you see all the fire around it. Brilliant move, Jordy. I would expect no less from someone with a heat-seeking visor option yeah. in their eyesight.
0: I labeled that the LaForge maneuver in our There
1: notes. it is. <gasps> you the found LaForge
2: maneuver. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there is a little bitty bit of a plot point with that, too, because technically they had already bought and disabled all of the weaponry. And right. So it should have disappeared. But I'm glad that Jordy got his moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't know exactly. Maybe it was kind of simultaneous, these well, actions.
2: They the, uh, Picard, I believe... Calls up and he's like, Okay, we're ready to be. He's like, We're busy. <laughs> we're taking care of this drone that should have beamed away.
1: <laughs> okay, well, maybe that one went rogue because it was evolving on there its own. Go. There you go. I mean, I figured
0: it, Picard would have like, not been able to stop them because he had to enter in all his payment information and it would have right. been too late. Oh,
1: true. Yeah, it Third takes a while, especially if you and stuff. forget your three digits on the back. He's making a yeah. huge
0: purchase. I mean, this is a big it's deal. huge.
2: Yeah. So much Latinum.
1: I yeah.
0: enjoyed this episode. I love the pace of it. I love the Star Trek-ness of it. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, it, like, so many different sci-fi things to explore it was super great
2: this might be if someone was like uh, starting off in trek this would be on the top of a list of the ones we've seen so far of holding up as an example this is star trek agreed
1: yeah i would say it's up there with the traveler and with zero 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 one one zero one one zero zero. Yeah. yeah uh yeah this is definitely one of my favorites so far in these 20 episodes we've done so far. holy moly,
0: 20 episodes. Oh, my Jesus. Well, 21's (laughs) right around the corner, and it's symbiosis. After the Enterprise rescues a freighter crew and the ship's important cargo, Captain Picard faces a difficult dilemma. Uphold the Prime Directive, or save an entire civilization from exploitation.
2: Ooh, interesting.
1: Okay, it's getting real.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as Jordy actually got to say in this episode... Engage.
1: engage. Let's take a bigger collective breath next time. <laughs> like a really kinda, big one. You
2: kind of growled that one, Xander. Because that's how he, well, the engage. first time he did it, he was like, engage. <laughs> Ooh. All right, let's try it like that. Engage.
0: Engage.